This is Unscripted, a podcast by St. Aldate's Church. Listen along as Simon Ponsonby encourages us to dig into Scripture in the midst of our everyday lives. So take a moment to recenter your attention and welcome the presence of God as we listen to these ancient words. Hello, saints. Welcome back to Unscripted. We're in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3. And Paul writes, Among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or impurity or greed. Why? Because these are improper for God's holy people. Sexual immorality and impurity, the two words here uh, that often go together, refer to the whole gamut of uh, sin, of sexual sin, of sexual activity that deviates from God's decree, of God's right ordering, of what is proper, appropriate and right, the right time, the right place and with the right person for the expression of sexual intimacy. Sex is good. Sex is wonderful. God invented it. We didn't come up with it. We didn't evolve it. God designed it and gave it to us. And it wasn't just for procreation. It was for recreation. It was for delight and pleasure. Scripture makes this clear. God is not anti-sex. God is for sex. The church has sometimes been anti-sex, but God never. But sex is sacred and there is a right place for this. And that is within marriage, within the boundaries that God has ordained, that God has decreed. And so Paul here says there must not be any hint of sexual immorality. And his understanding of what constitutes sexual immorality would be according to what God has said in Leviticus, in the law that God gave to Moses for God's people. And he said there shouldn't be even a hint, even a hint, not a trace. Now, why does Paul emphasize this here? It's immediately juxtaposed against what he's just been talking about, the love of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus. And I think it naturally flows because Jesus's love and his sacrifice is for our sin. He died because of our sin. And sexual immorality and impurity are some of those sins that Jesus was nailed to a cross for. So Paul says, having celebrated the cross of Christ, says, let's not see in you the practice of those things that sent Jesus to the cross. Now, he talks about sexual immorality and impurity first. Why? Well, I think it's because Ephesus was notorious for this. It was a major city for trade and the worship of idols. And uh, there was the temple of Artemis that was there. And one of the features of the temple of Artemis was that it was also a brothel for sailors and traders And part of the teaching was that profane sex, sex with prostitutes, somehow would bring blessing and prosperity, financial prosperity. 
every devotee of Artemis or Diana had to serve two years at the temple as a prostitute. And Ephesus was a major port, a major trade route, and people would come there to do business. And as soon as the sailors had docked, they would take their money and run up to the temple of Artemis. The businessmen, as soon as they'd done their business, I read an account where it said, and they pointed their camel to the temple. Why? They wanted to go and be with the prostitutes. So there was a culture of sexual immorality. Interestingly, the temple was also a bank. All the money that was given through temple prostitution went into the bank. And this giant bank gave loans and served businesses all over Roman Empire. On top of that, because Artemis herself was um, a virgin, there was another goddess called the Lady of Ephesus. And you can see first century at the time, Paul is writing depictions of her with her many breasts. And there was a culture in the, there was a culture in Ephesus uh, heightened of sexual immorality, of unrestrained sex. And so Paul says, there should not be even a hint of this among you. This which is natural and normative in your culture is not to creep into your church. And those Christians, they will have come out of that pagan culture. And Paul says, you don't bring that with you. You leave that where you left. Not a hint of sexual immorality or impurity. Any form of sex outside of God's good parameters that are revealed in the law of Moses in Leviticus. He also says there shouldn't be any greed. And I've just mentioned that often the sexual immorality was not just about people wanting to satisfy their sexual lusts, but there was a belief that somehow by doing this and by paying for this, they were, as it were, sowing a seed that would reap a harvest financially. Often it was driven by greed by a desire for more money. And of course, the temple itself was offering this prostitution because it too was wanting money. And so these two things come together here. And Paul says, not a hint of it. Sexual immorality or greed. The word for greed, pleonexia, literally it is to do with excessive desire for more, more and more and more a lack of satisfaction, a a lack of contentment, but just a greed, a constant hunger for more and more stuff, more and more money, more and more prosperity, more and more things. Among you, says Paul, there mustn't be any of this, no sexual immorality, no impurity, no greed. Why? Because these aren't right. They're not proper. They're not appropriate for God's holy people.